Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. And we're about to start here. Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer here. You know, it's becoming fall in New York and New Jersey. This morning, the sun didn't come out till about 7 o'clock. Daylight savings time is about to end. The chill is in the air. And with that comes the Jewish holidays. So excuse us if last week we were celebrating the Jewish New Year. And the reasoning for the change in date today from Tuesday to Monday is tomorrow is the day that we start repenting. And we all know that I have a lot to repent for. So here we are, one day early, with... I can say I'm sorry to everybody for one more day because that means that during this week I am forgiven. And tomorrow, and then at the end of Wednesday, I am fully with a new slate. So, Seth, for any of the sins that I have committed before thee or to thee on this program or otherwise, I apologize. As you should. Um, Wait, I offer really? you know, I offer you know. I offer no apologies to you because I have nothing to apologize for. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the big show, everybody. <laughs> Seth and Sean Sports Radio, uh, otherwise known as the period of New York City football mediocrity. Um, yeah, it, it, not not great. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later um, in the show. Yes, uh, we're also this is my first show living in New Jersey, living in New Jersey after 20 years. I guess actually longer than that, 22 years um, in Hoboken. Although I'm calling, I'm, I am from my office in Livingston today, and it's different. It's quiet. I don't know what to do. Well, uh, you don't I'm have a screaming baby, you don't have a dog, I, and you don't have a wife. So enjoy. Oh, well, I, I. Yeah, but if I say that, don't don't I have to then repent, and that gets rid of me being perfect? <laughs> well, perfection is as perfection is, my friend. The it's fact the of the matter is, you know, we're we're getting to the we're getting to the chilly season in the year, and that means a couple of things. Number one, hockey is starting this week on Thursday, but we are postponing our hockey preview to next Monday. And this is the this is the time of year of all the previews, right? Because when we get into this time, we have. The NHL, we have college basketball, we have the NBA. So we're going to go bam, 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 three previews in a row starting next week. We're going to do NHL next week. The following week we will do the NBA, followed by the NCAA, and in which Seth will make his final four predictions, which will ultimately be wrong. Yeah, and he will I have completely... to <sighs> I'll, I'll just cry in the corner like I usually do. Yes, that will happen. But uh, this week is – what's that? Please. No, no, please, all you. Well, this week we have the return of postseason baseball, which if you're a Toronto fan and you're looking forward to the winner, this is what you should be looking forward to. Forget the Maple Leafs, not really going to be all that relevant this year. Okay, the Raptors, yeah, you have you have a good team, a nice young team. You re-signed DeMar DeRozan for something about $130 million, which is about, I don't know, $40 million more than he's worth. But we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But, wow, you have Edward Encarnacion, for some reason just likes to do walk-offs. You have Russell Martin, and you have one of the most unusual 
walk-off plays last night, which was a botched double play where Josh Donaldson once again proves himself worthy of MVP or most valuable player in at least for the Blue Jays, maybe for the league again for the second straight year where he turns third, decides not to stop on the botched double play, and comes all the way home for the game winner. And they went was, nuts in Toronto, knocked, knocking off the one seed being the, the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers just can't get out of the first round. Well, as opposed to the Ron Washington days where they they would make the World Series and then lose because Nelson Cruz didn't have to field a basic five ball. Um, the Donaldson play was amazing last night. For those of you, not too many of you, I think, watched, probably watched it live uh, between that the uh, debate and, and the Giants game. Um, I did because I, I couldn't handle the bait and I couldn't stomach watching the Giants. Um, so to watch Donaldson play, Donaldson uh, come around from second on a, on a, as you said, on a botch double play was pretty amazing. What was also interesting was watching the you, you know who the pitcher was that that got the loss was Matt Bush. Uh, was Matt Bush, who was the former number yep. one pick is a shortstop for the Padres. And yep. It was, I mean, kind of amazing to see how he's resurrected his career as a starter. Texas, I mean, excuse me, as a reliever in Texas with massive, just, I mean, just amazing fastball. But uh, Toronto is on. Cleveland is uh, up to nothing. And you know, if you're looking at Toronto and Cleveland, you're looking at pretty much mediocre, you know, un- underachievers for the last 25 years. Uh, and one of them is going to make the, one of them is going to be make the uh, make the World Series, which I think will be the first time since. 97 that either of those teams will be there. Well, that's certainly true. And I don't know really if, to to your point, that the Blue Jays – look, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I was more talking about Matt Bush. You know why he turned – he is where he is, right? I mean – yeah, five years, of dr- five years of drugs and alcohol for the most part. Well, and prison. And prison. Yeah, so, I mean, Matt Bush hit a guy with a car. It's not like th- this is like some redemption story where he all of a sudden had a bad injury and he came back as a, as a pitcher. I mean, I, I understand you give people second chances. I understand the fact that he has done well with this second chance, but let's not remember why he blew his first chance. And I think that needs to be said is that he destroyed his own career. So to come back, yes, it's very impressive to come back after being a shortstop. Look, Matt Bush did this to himself. And yeah, um... He, no, no disputing. And he, and he ruined a man's life. I mean, the man was hit by by a drunk. He was drunk driving. He hit an he hit an elderly man crossing the street in Tampa after going out on a bender at three in the morning. So, yeah, praise to the fact that he has come all the way back. But I have a hard time praising the man in general for making this resurrection of a career. I mean, I. It, it, it's very difficult for me to look at that guy and cheer for him. And I say the no, same thing for Jose Reyes. I say the same thing for, for lots of guys that have hurt other people. You want to hurt yourself. You want to go down a bad path. Steve Howe, et cetera. Uh, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry. I don't have a problem with that. I'll root for you to come back. You've hurt yourself. You probably hurt your family, but you haven't physically hurt anybody. These guys that that hurt people, I mean, physically hurt people. They had a hard time going and watching TV, and I know our, our uh, esteemed colleague, Nabate Isles, posted something on Facebook about Matt Bush, and, and I know you responded as well. I just have a hard time rooting for a guy like that. Yeah, no, I, under, no real response. I mean, there's certainly, it's not, you said, it's not a rootable story in that regard. And redemption may not be the right way to put it. But it is pretty amazing. I think amazing, not really in a positive, not specifically in a positive connotation, but just as amazing that a guy who was in jail and was out for the better part of five years resurrected his career in a completely different position, which I kind of find, ama- which I find amazing. That's kind of where I was going with it, nothing more. 
I'll take you with that. If you want to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846, we would ask that if you do call in, you be respectful of the host and the, and the topics in which we're discussing, and no rude commentary like we had two weeks ago. That, that Really, that's Bush League. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's all it is. Speaking of Bush League, look, we don't talk a lot about uh, politics on the show, and Seth, did you watch the debate last night? Because I couldn't even care less. I mean, really, I, I turned it off. I watched probably – I didn't even turn it on. Turned off the TV, put on my laptop, watched a little bit of the Giants game, and went to sleep. There was no real reason to watch that that train wreck of a, of a program again. I did, but you also know me. I, I follow politics pretty hard, so I couldn't really turn it off. And then, but I shouldn't say that. I turned it off after about 40 minutes because – it was disgusting, um, and um, I mean, you really want to discuss it? <laughs> well, uh, it was hard. Yes, I actually do because you know we we don't discuss it much on this show. We don't discuss really any politics on this show. But at the end of the day, it's important to the to our to our population. It's important that the way that. What you watch is important, and I'll tell you why it actually has some bearing on on our discussion, is that the NFL ratings are remarkably down, and probably due to the debate, which is taking up how much time? All well, this, happened to, so, this happened apparently in 2000 also, uh, during the Gore-Bush uh, election, which was obviously extremely close, and it was also before the real renaissance of the NFL. Um, but yeah, it, they've been getting, it's been getting hit hard. Also, I mean, I'm sure there's also a lot of other variables. There, there may be some other variables as well. You know, Tom Brady's been out for four weeks, Manning retired. So your star players aren't, have not been there. The game has not been as, has not been as well played. Which I don't think really impacts it. Um, it's yeah, but it, it has taken a huge hit for the first time that I can really recall in recent, recent memory. It's, it has taken it's taken a hit it's taken a hard hard hit. It's, I think it's down about seven percent this year. Um, but you know we'll see what happens after uh, after the election next month, which I think everyone is looking forward to being this being over. And you know we'll see if there's if if the impact can, if if the, if the downside continues. If it does, then it may become more worrisome. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So. For the people that did not watch the debate and went and watched Giants game, along with the rest of the NFL yesterday, a couple of close games, not really all that much, but a whole lot of mediocrity outside of outside of New England in the NFL this year. I mean, you have your Minnesota team who really ran it up on Houston. They're they're going into the bye five and zero, which nobody thought that they would be there, especially without Adrian Peterson and now Teddy Bridgewater. But aside from that, there's a lot of mediocrity going on. I'd even include Oakland, who should have lost that game. And then you have San Diego, who seems to not be able to close it down. It, one thing or another, that team cannot win in the fourth quarter. No, they've been. I think they're one and four, and they've been winning in four of the five games in the fourth. And you know, losing yesterday, partially on a bad punt, and but and also because that punter, well. Uh, dropped a, a potential game-winning field goal hold from about 35 yards. Um, they are, they've been extremely competitive. Philip Rivers, I think, is actually passed, passed someone for top 10 yardage of all time. You know, a guy who's just been continuously, you know, just had bad luck after bad luck. And, you know, but this is, this is a team that could be competing, and they're one and four, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost Mike McCoy his job before long. Yeah, and it may cost them their team. Well, that, that I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's they're, they're on their way out anyway. You and really think that no they're plan. on their way out? That there's yes, really. I, don't, I, I okay. think I don't think they should be. Um, I'll be honest with you. It's to me. I, I think the the tax that would be added to keep San Diego in to keep the Chargers in San Diego is, I think, a four percent hotel tax. I have no idea why. That would be an issue um, because, considering most of the citizens aren't actually going to pay a hotel tax, and it's not a big enough 
negative where it would preclude people from visiting, to my mind. So I'm not sure why this is still a big deal, but it seems to be. And, you know, this season is certainly not not going to be helpful in that regard. Agreed. Agreed. The the reason why people are saying no to this tax is that they're saying if if you're going to charge another 4% on a hotel tax, don't spend it on the chargers. Spend it on local schools. Spend it on different things. Look, there's only only so many tax dollars that can go around. And then you have the Raiders who are are putting together a 4-1 season who are looking at Las Vegas as a move. And they're putting together – this is the first time they're 4-1, and one, I believe, since their Super Bowl year. And uh, Derek Carr has probably been the best quarterback outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and in, 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 in outside of Atlanta and Minneapolis in, in, so far through the season. Um, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree has been unbelievable. Cooper has been solid. The defense is decent. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're a team ready to really proceed anywhere in the playoffs yet, but – it's certainly, it's certainly the most positive they've looked since the 2002 uh, or 2003 Super Bowl season. I forget which one it is. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So, so we have an issue in which the Raiders are looking to move to L.A. The Chargers are maybe looking to oh, – sorry, the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. The Chargers are looking to move to L.A. The one issue that I have, Seth, with the Chargers moving to L.A., and if anybody would like to discuss this, Seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six is they would have no fans. I mean, do you well, see? Which is why it's which team? is why it's a short it's, it's why it's a short sighted move. Um, but it's beyond short sighted really to me. It's, it's never really stopped anybody before. Let's be serious. So, to me, you're going to Raiderland, and it's not as if. You know, you kind of look even when the Cleveland Browns, you know, moved to Baltimore, and then magically two years later, a Cleveland Browns team, you know, a new franchise came about in Cleveland. But this isn't a new franchise. This has been a team that's been a rival of theirs for many, many years. I can't imagine people are just going to drop the, you know, and, and start rooting for Oakland for the for the Oakland Chargers. I mean, that's silly. And to think anything to the contrary, I think is naive. You know, the Raiders are always going to have a fan base no matter what. And whether it's Vegas or, or, or Oakland or wherever. And the, the team, the fans, even the fans that, that will learn to resent Oakland for them for leaving are not going to suddenly go, oh, I'm going to become a Chargers fan. That's just not going to happen. Um, you'd, see them go, you'd see them go in a completely different direction. Or like the St. Louis Rams fans kind of seem to fade away from football as a whole. There's an article about that. Uh, I think in Sports Illustrated a few weeks ago. So, you know, to me, it's it's a stupid situation that Spanos got into, and I don't see a way. I don't really see a good way out. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And um, so, let me ask you: you have the Raiders looking at Las Vegas, and now you have Ronnie Lott, who I believe has a a hold on that development project for a little bit while he's trying to negotiate with the city. Are the Raiders for real? Because I'll tell you, when you give up 34 points a week, I'm not sure you're very real. I think you may be a paper champion right now. Well, that's what I said. I, I don't think – I think they're real in regards to making to be, making the playoffs, but I think both of us picked them to make the playoffs. So I don't think that's a shock. Um, I don't think – or maybe you picked them, and maybe I picked them to go 8-8 eight and eight or something like that. Um I don't think they're a playoff team. I mean, I think I think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're a contender. They're not Pittsburgh, New England. Um, they're not Pittsburgh or New England, who are the, probably at this point the two best teams in the AFC. True, and Denver gets loft uh, gets taken off that lofty perch yesterday by the Falcons. The Falcons have done everything that they could to to establish themselves in the NFC uh, NFC South. Um, both running backs getting over a hundred yards. Uh, combined rushing and, and receiving. Tevin Coleman, who has been the bane of my fa- our fantasy league existence, having taken away uh, the major run from uh, Devontae Freeman, who some good points yesterday. But the fact is, it's a, it's a major split down the middle. Julio Jones is one of those wide receivers that doesn't need the ball and doesn't complain. He's the anti-Torello. And that's exactly what they need down in Atlanta. Are they a real team? 
is this a real is this a real uh, challenge to the AFC because between them, Minnesota, and Dallas, it may be the three most unlikely top seeds in NFL history for for a conference. Uh, you're also forgetting probably the most unlikely of all of them, the Philadelphia Eagles, at four, at four and one or three and one. Um, I won't go that far. Uh, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's proven, you know, Atlanta started off 5-0 and last year and ended up 8-8. and And, you know, Vic Beasley had three and a half sacks last night or yesterday. Only has had four in his first year and a half. So let's see, let's see how it plays out. Um, you know, but they've beaten some good teams. Carolina is a complete disaster. So Atlanta is now the favorite in the the NFC South. Matt Ryan's probably the favorite for the MVP through a quarter of the season. Um, you know, as you said, it's an extraordinarily well-rounded offense between Coleman, um, Devontae Freeman, and Julio Jones, and Mohamed New comes back. Let's see, let's see how it plays out. Well, there's one other question that's going on in the NFC right now, and that's with the return of Tony Romo imminent in the next week or two weeks. Dak Prescott is four and one, second highest QBR which is a ridiculous statistic, but it is a statistic that is utilized in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott is leading the league in rushing. Seems like they're on all cylinders. Does Tony Romo really come back and just take his job? Does that happen? I think so. Um, I'm not saying it should. But Jason Garrett, you know, Jason Garrett is going to be in a relatively enviable position with two teams, with two, you know, a team with two competent starting quarterbacks. And I think usually, as I said, usually the unwritten rule is the starter comes back. He just does. Um, and whether he should or not, press has been phenomenal. There's no question about that. And we talked about Prescott on this show God, over a year ago when Mississippi State was probably number one in the country in October of last year. And then the team fell apart. He got a DWI and dropped to the fourth round. Um, he's going to be a solid starting quarterback. Look, the NFC East, the, quarter, the three young quarterbacks, the Cousins has looked better in the last couple of weeks. You know, Wentz has been fantastic. And uh, Prescott has been great. And the worst by far has been Eli Manning, which – as a Giants fan, it's not really surprising. <laughs> well, here's my question to you, Seth, and I've said this to you, uh, asked you this a question a bunch of times. You have two Super Bowls. Would you trade two Super Bowls for 15 years of playoffs, no mediocrity, no last places, but yet you'd only have you wouldn't have a Super Bowl because that's what it looks like you're getting into. Yeah, no, I'll take my two years, my two Super Bowls. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, as I said, I have no complaints. Jets, He's a, from a, yeah, from a Jets fan that's never seen a Super Bowl, I'd take him too. But you start to wonder, you know, this is a team that has a lot of talent on the offensive end, and if if Eli can't – if Eli can only, can only get them nine points in the first 57 minutes against a team missing their secondary – with the receivers that they have. That's on him. And I'm not going to say I watched the whole game. I didn't. But there's no reason. They should have been, They should have had nine points with three minutes to go. Absolutely not. And he's, look, he's not looked good. And, he, you know, we always used to joke there was always the one pass per game that made you just cringe. Well, it seems to be more than one pass at this point. And for a team that is... You know, trying that was the favorite. Although I did not pick them, was the favorite to win the division this year. That's just not the. That's not going to get the job done. So, for the most unheralded team in the National Football League, five and zero and going into their bye week. What can you say about the Vikings? The one thing that I could say is that their offensive and defensive line has been very good, even despite injuries. Matt Khalil was out. Andre Smith is now out. 
their offense and the defensive lines have played incredibly well. And to me, that's the hallmark of what you need in the NFL. And it, it's not to me. It's to most pundits. And I think when you look at the are Giants... You a, are, are you a, are you a pundit? I like to think I'm a pundit. It's one of those things that I am finding that is lacking in both the Jets and the Giants. Is offensive and defensive... Look, JPP played very well last night, at least in the first half. Olivia Vernon played very well. But the interior... Uh, uh, Damian Harrison is not playing well. Jonathan Hankins had a massive offsides last night in, in the wrong time. And not to say that one play really defines a game. But the lines, both offensive and defensive, both on the Jets and the Giants, are just not getting it done. And for teams that were built around pass rush, they're just not getting to the quarterback. And you're seeing that in Minnesota. You're seeing that even you're – I understand you're calling basically for a wait-and-see on Atlanta. But for yesterday and for the first five weeks, they are getting to the quarterback. It may not happen throughout the rest of the year, but certainly in the first five weeks. That's the blueprint, right? I mean, you've got the best offensive and defensive lines, and they both play well. That's the blueprint to winning in the NFL. It is, um, and but the expectation, you know, Atlanta. I don't know if I'd go. I'd go that far with Atlanta, but you know, the, the you know that's how the Giants won their two Super Bowls with, with led by the offensive line. That is how the the Jets were competitive for so many years with a great defensive line, and you know the, the best. So there's no question about that. I mean, to me, when I look at Minnesota, you know, you look at that defense, nobody knows any of these guys, which is what's so interesting. You know, in Carolina, you knew Thomas Davis, and you knew Keekley, and you learned about Josh Norman. Most people cannot name one. I mean, when, when the first name that comes to the mind on the Minnesota defense is John Randall, and the second is Chris Dolman, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of aging yourself. I mean, Xavier Rhodes is a stud. Harrison Smith's been a very good player for years. But nobody expected this defense. You know, and to me, that Mike, you know, Mike Zimmer is the easy choice as coach of the year so far. You can say Belichick, but, you know, Belichick is 3-1 without Gronkowski, without Brady. And you can say Jason Garrett or Doug Peterson. You know, that team, that this Minnesota team without their best running back, Without their best offensive lineman, without their starting quarterback, is five and zero, and a relatively dominant five and zero at that is a testament to Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff, and it makes you wonder why he didn't get a job earlier. Absolutely, Mike Zimmer at the quarter pole is by far the coach of the year in the NFL. MVP you said was Matt Ryan. I, I have no question about that. I think Ezekiel Elliott's probably the unanimous offensive rookie of the year. As far as the defensive rookie I of the year, think I, think I, I, wouldn't, little... I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't really? Go there. No. You wouldn't say I could run, I could run for a hundred. I could run for a hundred yards behind that offensive line every game. Um, I'd probably go with Carson Wentz. Because I think really? That team has very, yeah, I think that team really has not had much talent. Wentz threw his first interception on a Hail Mary on the last play of the game last week. Um, He's really good. He's a solid fundamental see, player. But to, me, but to me, Seth, to me, Carson Wentz has a blue – look, we just talked about offensive and defensive lines being the, the hallmark of a, of a good offense and defense in the, in the NFL. The Eagles could be the top offensive line in the NFL right now. They could be. They certainly have the best left tackle in the NFL in, in, in Peters, in Jason mm-hmm. Peters. Peters. So, I mean, there's, I understand your point in which the Cowboys have a great offensive line. Let's remember, though, Tyron Smith did not play for two of those games, who is their best offensive, uh, offensive lineman. Elliott is running away with the rushing title. And if you watched yesterday's game, I'm not sure if you did, Elliott did things that – that 60-yard run that he had at the end of the first half was dominant. 
a dominant run. It was a solid uh, run. I understand I Carson Wentz. What's that? I said I saw it. Yeah. It was a, so, it was a great I mean, run. To Look, me, he's a hell of a player. I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, you know, and I'm sure that's probably 99% of people's choice. Again, you know, especially with, the, you know, being led by a, by a rookie quarterback. I just think it's an easier position to be in. You know, when I look at the Eagles team, and God knows I hate the Eagles more than I detest the, more than the skins. This does not give me any great joy. I see very little talent on the Eagles offensively. And Jordan Matthews is a good, is a decent wide receiver. Ryan, Ma- I mean, Jordan, uh, Ryan Matthews. My, I forget if I'm missing, mixing up his last name. Ryan Matthews is an average running back. You know, they may have a good defensive line, but their offensive line is certainly nothing special. Their offense in general is nothing special. Um, I mean, Peter, you said they have Peters, but it's not a it's not a great offense by any stretch. Peterson's done a heck of a job with Wentz in a small, short period of time. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Again, we're four games into a season, so there's a long way to go. Absolutely agree with that. Speaking of a long way into the season, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights were a long way into giving up the amount of points for a whole season in one half to Michigan. Could there have been – look, we, we talk about this all the time where we say that Maryland made a financial move into the Big Ten, and you agree with that. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. the reason they moved into the Big Ten, was finance. And Mm -hmm. you can state that Rutgers probably made the same type of move. They they wanted money. They wanted exposure. They didn't want this exposure. This this is just on a different level. This is is worse than Northwestern. I mean, this is awful. This is two years in a row – that they two weeks in a row, I'm sorry, that they've been blank like this. Yes, they beat Michigan, I believe it was last year or the year before. But man, seventy to nothing? That's a, do you realize that it was a hundred years ago yesterday that Johnny Heisman ran up a two hundred point score on some team? And oh, on I Cumberland, believe that on Cumberland, two hundred and twenty two to yeah. nothing. Yeah, if Michigan didn't take the throttle off if Harbaugh didn't take the throttle off, I think it could have approached at least half of that. Well, if that happens, then Ruth Chris would actually be paying people to eat their steaks. No, 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 no. There was a cap at 50%, which he actually did five minutes before it went to print, which is awesome. <laughs> um, I thought actually they, they accepted the 78% for one day, but uh, it's you know, as a as a, as a, excuse me, as a Maryland fan, it actually does me it does me well because we we recruit the Northeast and we Maryland recruits New Jersey quite a bit. So I have no, you know, it, it hurts a little bit because you probably never want to see anyone really embarrassed like that. Number two, I am a Jersey boy once and again, so I would prefer them. You know, the Rutgers at least be representative. And Rutgers actually beat Maryland last year, coming back from twenty four down, I think, but. Yeah, that was really ugly. There's, there's, there's just no other way to put it. That was horrendous. Um, but you know, it's, they have 50, apparently Rutgers, Rutgers have apparently had 50 recruits at the game, which is even worse. Well, maybe maybe 49 of them said no, thank you, afterwards. But the fact is, we talk all the time about the Big Ten and how, and we talked about it. Look in our preview. I'm one that can say at least at the midpoint, well, it's a little bit less than the midpoint right now. I'm ready to eat crow because I certainly didn't think that they would have one. I didn't think they'd have one team in the, in the playoffs. They may be the conference with two teams because uh, I believe I they, have four, they have four teams in the top ten, I believe. No, I, I don't know who the fourth would be. Um, and Wisconsin is just not that good. Wisconsin will fall back, and this is going to kind of go back to the same old, same old Ohio State versus Michigan. Um, Michigan State had a terrible, I believe, lost pretty badly to BYU. Um, I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't see it in any conference this year. You look around, the Big 12 is a disaster. Uh, Houston, Houston's loss kind of knocks them out of it, which is, I'll be honest, pretty disappointing. I'd have liked to see them make a run. The ACC, 
you know, you know every, Clemson has hasn't lost. Florida State's out. Louisville is still in the running a little bit. Um, and you know, especially considering the way they lost to Clemson, the Pac-10 only has one team that's pretty much viable, and that's Washington. You know, I don't. I think you have enough teams around around that where I don't think you're looking. You're going to look at two teams in the conference. I think it would raise holy hell unless the teams are 11 and 0 and just overly dominant, which they have been so far. But let's see what happens as the season goes on. Way too. Heck, I hate to months. correct you. I hate to correct you. In the AP top 25, which you you you, you Monday, do not. You, first of all, you, you do not hate to correct me. You love correcting. No, I actually I actually do. I do not like correcting somebody on air. I do like correcting you. Period. But not on there. So okay. number two, Ohio State. Number four, Michigan. Number eight, Wisconsin. And number ten, Nebraska. Four teams in the top ten from the Big Ten. I wouldn't have thought of Nebraska that high. And Nebraska and Wisconsin will be playing. Nebraska, I believe, will be playing Wisconsin soon. Uh, not one of them will knock each other out. Michigan State falls back. It's still an Ohio State. It's still an Ohio State. Um, Michigan. Conference right now, Michigan State's not really in the running, and everyone else is a is, is a couple steps behind. So Nebraska plays at Wisconsin on the 29th, and then at Ohio State on the uh, 29th of October, and then at Ohio State on November 5th. Following that, they play Minnesota, Maryland, both at home, and then Iowa at Iowa to wrap up the season. So. They have a pretty hard two-game stretch with Wisconsin and Ohio State. If you're looking at Wisconsin's schedule, which was the other one that we were just talking about, Wisconsin's football schedule, the hard games are this week. They play at home against Ohio State on the 15th. Then they play at Iowa. and they do not, If they can get past Ohio State at home and Iowa away, I guess, they could run it. I mean, they have Nebraska at home. They have Northwestern away, Illinois at home, Purdue away, and Minnesota at home. Not not hard. Not hard. But Wisconsin, there's nothing to run. They lost last week to Michigan. Right, but I'm saying they can make it all the way into the into the Big Ten finals with one loss. Yes. Um, if they again, if they beat Ohio State, which is correct, a whole other set of. You know, I, I think most people think Ohio State would, is the best team. Would beat the I shouldn't say that, but they wouldn't beat the Bengals, but they sure as heck may beat the Browns. So <laughs> let's let, let, let's hold off on that a little bit and let's see what happens. Okay, fair enough. And and you know, this week we'll we'll say a lot in the top twenty-five. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get the schedule right now. I do know that there are tremendous games this week. Uh, if you're looking, one second, I'm going to get it week six. Are we in week six or week seven? Uh, I believe we're in week six. Nope, week seven. Let's get to week seven. So top 25 for week seven. Like we said, we have we have Ohio State and Wisconsin going on in two top ten, two top ten games, uh, two top ten teams. Excuse me. We have Alabama uh, and Tennessee which should be a very, very interesting game. Um, sorry. Miami, who's coming off a loss against uh, Florida State, uh, goes to play North Carolina, which is a 4-2 and two versus a 4-1. and one. And then you have Ole Miss uh, against Arkansas, 13 against 22. It was very weird. I don't know about you. It was very weird to see – Miami, and it's still – well, Florida State beat them, so Florida State goes 14 and Miami was 16. It was very weird to see Miami as a higher-ranked team than Florida State. Yeah, I don't know about you, it was just very weird to me. Oh, it makes sense. They they haven't really been relevant. Um, maybe not relevant may not be the right word, but they've certainly not been a top-tier team for a long time. Pretty much since the yeah. running of uh, the 30 for 30 U uh, part two. So Mark Rick has come in, you know, apparently just changed the attitude. Although I, it's funny, I didn't think he would be a good fit, you know, even knowing he is a, he is a Maryland alum, uh, excuse me, a Miami alum. But, you know, it seems to be working. And, you know, Brad Kai is a first-round uh, draft pick as a QB. 
and there's a lot, you know, there, there's some positives on the horizon for that team. So, so, we'll so we we'll did, we out. did it. Yeah, we did ask a question on on our website today, and I'll ask you that same question. If you had to give up one sport, now you're not a hockey fan, you're not a baseball fan, so uh, to to the gr- degree that they are all equal. So you have college football, you have college basketball, and you have pro football. Those are your three, I would say, top sports. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay, so let's say those three. It's a two-part question. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. If you had to give up one of those three, which one would it be? And then – if your wife had to have you give up one of those three, which one would that be? The wife one is easy. The wife one is I'd get, would, would be I'd be giving up pro football. Um, simply because, I mean, she would never have to listen to anything about fantasy football ever again. And she knows, how diehard, a Giant, she knows how diehard of a Giants fan I am. I see me of a Maryland fan I am. So she would... She would much, she'd be much more apt to um, to go to, to, for me to give up pro football. Um, okay. For me, for me, it's an interesting call, and here's why. Part of it plays into my job, into my actual career, uh, because my busiest time of the year is February, Mar- February, March, which is college basketball, which is obviously the cream of college basketball season. Um, so I probably. No, I'd give up the NFL. And no, not because of my wife. <laughs> I was like, there's no way you're giving up college basketball. Like, you could try talking yourself into it a thousand times over. And I'm like, he's going down a path where he's just going to pull a 180. I know it. I know it. Well, you know me well, my friend. Um, simply because I think the quality of the game, we've talked about this, has diminished greatly over the last several years. I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. The, the fantasy, I mean, I still enjoy it, don't get me wrong, and the fantasy aspect is more fun from, from an opportunity to, well, let's be honest, uh, be able to talk crap, talk crap to my friends. And, you know, it gives me an opportunity at, you know, in my old age and now in fatherhood where I get to talk, to, I get to hang out with people that I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have as much time to do with it. I, I like it more for the social aspect than for watching a 16-13 Jets game, which, I mean, let's be honest, I mean... They're terrible. The Giants aren't much better. So, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, at the edge of my seat looking forward to that Giants game if they're 6-9 and nine, week 16. You know, Maryland, I, I assume, and again, that they're, you know, that they're going to be a, a tournament stalwart going forward. You know, occasionally have some really, really good years, occasionally some lesser years. And college football, to me, is just the most fun sport to watch. So I think I'd be giving up pro football. But if my wife is listening... This is not a discussion point. You don't have me. You don't have me, me whip that badly. No, well, you do probably, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I mean, if you're going to ask me the same question, then I don't have a wife, well, so I don't have to worry about that part. Well, wait, wait, wait. Um, let me see if I can guess the three sports, though. I'm assuming they're, no, no, no. they're baseball, you could go, football, and hockey. You, you, you could go. You could go more. Wait. You could go more sports with me because they're. Because, quite frankly, I'm a bigger sports fan in a multitude of sports than you are. I have well, more variety. I also have tennis and boxing and MMA. But I guess but I get your right. point. Right. And, and I'll tell you where the precipice for this question came up was actually on a date. So somebody who, I, who shall remain nameless, who the person was, we're, we're at a bar. And she asked me if I was a sports fan two hours into the date because I was trying to avoid. Look, when when I date, I try and avoid sports at all costs because I really don't need somebody to know how much of a fan I am, which is short for fanatic. Let's understand the word fan is short for fanatic. So the Monday night football game is going on actually in back of her, and I am taking all. It is taking all of my energy not to look at that game. It was week two. I really didn't care about the game. The Jets weren't playing. And she was about two hours into the date. She goes, so do you like sports? 
a little taken aback. I was like, yes, actually, I do like sports. In fact, it is taking all the energy that I have tonight to focus on you because you are the focus of this night, not the game and back you. And I am paying attention to you. I don't even know what the score is of the game and back. And then she asked me, "Are you a, what, what team do you root for? I said, I'm a Jets fan. And her response was, if the Jets wah, were playing wah. in back if the Jets were playing in back me, would you be able to stand talking to me and not watching the Jet game? And my response, quite frankly, probably not the best response I could have had, <laughs> but tried to make it a little bit of a joke. I have learned that that's not a good idea. <laughs> I said to her, I said to her, you're cute, Toots, but you're not that cute. Probably the wrong move. Probably the wrong move, but, but it opened up this conversation where she asked me if what sports do I enjoy, and I told her I enjoy probably baseball, basketball, baseball college basketball, NFL, and hockey. Baseball, yeah, the four sports probably more than, say, college football and pro basketball. Yeah, I mean, those would be the ones that I would immediately X out in tennis and boxing and MMA and all those. And she asked me if I had to give up one, which one would I give it up? Which one would I give up? And by give up, she, she said to me, you would not be able to watch a game the whole season. Not one. And I have to tell you, it was very hard. And it still remains very hard. I don't know. So I'm get, so it's between Syracuse basketball, which I'm not giving up. No. And Seth, you know I'm, I'm, I'm not giving that up. There's no chance am I giving that up. So it comes down to, am I giving up the Jets? Am I giving up the Islanders? Or am I giving up the Mets? Okay, I mean, my, I think I know where you would go with this. All right, um, let's see how well you know me. I don't think under any circumstances you could give up the Mets. I don't. I think if it came down to this, because it's a team that's perpetually disappointed you, and I think it's a team that you're a little bit tired of, I think you'd give up the Jets. Also because of the number, right. of games, the number of games would be lessened. So you'd only be missing 16 days as opposed to 162 or 82. So between those, I, you are I right. think, yeah. You are spot on. Now, she gave me a different question than I gave you because she didn't say you have to give up the whole sport. She said you just have to give up the team so I could still play fantasy football. Okay, well, that would which, make it easy. Which would make it easy. Now, if I had to give up the sport, which one do you think I would? I don't think you could give up fantasy football. I don't. You're in like 37 leagues. So <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to go. I can't see. I'm going to go with hockey, but I, I really don't know the answer to that. All right. So here, here's the thing. I'm only in three leagues this year, just so you know. That's it. Three. The one with you, the one that I've been in for 21 years, and one other one. So I've only been one through work. So there's only three leagues. Wait, is there only three? I got, yeah, three leagues. Three leagues. One in NFL.com and two through ESPN. So three, three leagues. I think I would give up football. I really do. You're right. I don't see myself giving up the Mets because the summer would just be awful giving up baseball for me. Maybe not for you, but for me. The personal attachment that I have to hockey would be very hard for me to give up. It, between my brothers and my grandfather and the history that I have with the Islanders, it would be very difficult to give up the sport of hockey, even though it is probably the sport I watch the least of any of them. Giving up football would be incredibly hard. But I think if I had to make a sacrifice, it is where I would make it. And it would just be an awful fall. I don't know where I'd go on Sundays. 
but I'd have to go somewhere where there wasn't TV reception because it would w- be women. Yeah, women who are looking for a date to take for take them to the ballet on a Sunday afternoon. We have we have finally found a straight man to do this. We have finally found one. Call seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. Look, I know. Look, if you want to call in and wait, wait, no, we don't have a call. I thought we did. If you'd like to call in and discuss this, seven six zero seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. And you're right, Seth. It would be very difficult for me to do, but I think if I had to pick, that would be the sport. And I'll tell you, that would be a very difficult month of September and October because if the Mets are out of it. I respectfully disagree. With you. I don't think I don't. I think you're wrong. I I think you give up hockey. I think you're wrong. I don't. You know, your your livelihood in a lot of ways revolves around fantasy football in September and October and November. I I know the the kinship you have with your brothers. You know, you know, on a day depending on the day. Is, is a lot of it, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> sorry Jay, sorry, sorry Mitch, but you know it is what it is. Um, you know, and, yeah. and your grandfather, you know, is based on something which, as terrible as it sounds, you know, your grandfather is deceased. And yeah. I'm not trying to make light of that in any capacity, but no, no, no. You know, I don't. I I think you. I understand why you would think that, but I think you're wrong. So hopefully it's never really going to come to that. (laughs) Well, to to those women that are out there, do not believe that it will ever come to this, where this decision (laughs) will be made, where I have to give something up like this. Because I think Seth and I have both proved something. You can be a sports fanatic, which we are, but there are sacrifices to be made at times that means sports just aren't important. They're just not. Look, we've, we've, he didn't watch the Giants game last night. I mean, for Seth not to watch a Giants game is kind of important. Uh, I mean, impressive to me. I thought he would definitely be watching that. I didn't watch the Giants game last night except for the first quarter. And I tried not to watch the Jets game yesterday up until the third minute at 103. And then I turned it <laughs> off. <laughs> good, to see, good to see that worked well for you. Right, exactly. But I but I tried. There was an effort to be made. But it's an interesting question to ask. And and I think it says a lot about both you and I as to how much pride we take in our in our schools. More than anything else. Because the concept of giving up collegiate sports to you and I was off the table even to start. It wasn't even an option. Nope. And I mean, to take off college basketball for me would have been basically taking the blood out of my veins. And I think it's the same thing for you, even in spite of that being in your busiest season. Yeah, I mean, the idea of, well, first of all, if you didn't have Syracuse basketball, I think you would have jumped out the window years ago. <laughs> because <laughs> let's, look, let's be honest here. Let's, let's look at the last 25 years of your teams. I understand. Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, you've got nothing. So, I mean, right. you know, luckily, luckily, no, it is what it is. You know, lo- luckily, I, I've been a little bit more fortunate. But, you know, you grin. You traveled with Syracuse basketball for five, six, seven years. Um, I know, and yes, people, he, that was not his undergrad degree. He, 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 he did not. It did not take him six years to finish his finish his BA. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I am first and foremost a Maryland fan. There is nothing yep. else. There is no discussion. You know, there there's no point in discussing it. And you know, anyone who knows me knows that. You know, after that, you know, then probably the Giants and you know, whatever U.S. Soccer, wherever my, you know, I guess the Yankees. But it is not Maryland. It's just not. Yeah. So. It's it's interesting when when I have colleagues that have kids that go to schools. And they ask, and I ask him. I have one colleague whose whose son went to Virginia Tech this year. Not really a sports fan. And I said to her, I said, "Are you getting tickets to your son for the games?" And she said, "No, he's not really a sports fan." I said, "You know what? Get him for year one. 
and see if he falls in love with it. Because it's, look, for those that have gone to a big school such as Maryland or Syracuse or, or Ohio State or Wisconsin, and many of our listeners have gone to those schools and many, many more, including Michigan, man, between you and I, I think we have 50% of the Michigan alumni on our Facebook friends. But the fact is, you become a fan. You don't even have to like the sport. You still because you take pride in your school, and I think that that if if there's a college experience to have, I think it's definitely that. So we got four and a half minutes left. If you'd like to go first, I'll I'll, I'll wait till the end. Go ahead. Okay, I want to give a shout out to someone who's retired retired on Saturday night. Probably the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Um, Dan Henderson went out fighting for the middleweight title, lost the somewhat disputed decision uh, to Michael Bisbane, the man who's fought everyone from the greatest heavyweight of all time and beat him, you know, to a guy who's weighing 170. You know, he is a monster. And to fight for a championship and pretty much very and close to winning uh, at age 44 is pretty amazing. And, you know, a class act, real, true tough guy. And in a sport where I think the popularity has you know, climax and it's on its way downhill because there's so few people to root for. Another one, you know, kind of goes to the graveyard in that regard. And so, you know, to Dan Henderson, it's, it's you know, who's actually my favorite fighter of all time. You know, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to watch. So that's all I got for Wow, it's not Bernard Hopkins? Blog sport, dude. MMA. Not boxing. No, I understood. You you, you just said fighter, I so I, I – Yeah. No, I understand. I agree. Uh, no, I'm not a big Hopkins fan. So. Huh. so we announced the retirement and talked a lot about sports broadcasters, I think it was three or four weeks ago, when we discussed Vince Scully. What I didn't recall at the time, or didn't want to recall, or didn't think about at the time, is there was another retirement of a broadcaster who Seth and I grew up with, and many of you grew up with as well, the same week. Mm-hmm. That's Dick Enberg. And Dick Enberg, to me, growing up on NBC, on CBS, he did a lot on NBC, he did a lot of golf. And, look, I grew up hating golf. I, I, I can't play it. I don't understand it. But as... I grew up, I spent a lot of time at a golf club. My grandfather was a member of a golf club. We went there very often to have breakfast, to have lunch. My brother played golf, my younger brother. I played tennis. Yes, we were those guys. But the fact is, I spent a lot of time watching golf because of that. Because when you're in a golf club on a Sunday afternoon and the U.S. Open is on, you can't just change the channel to the Jets. That doesn't work. Sorry, not the U.S. Open. That's the wrong sport. That's the wrong season. Let's say the Mets. You can't just change it to the Mets. You have to watch golf. And you learn about golf. And Dick Emberg doing golf and Dick Emberg doing the baseball game of the week, phenomenal stuff, will be sorely, will be sorely missed. He, he, he ended his career with the Padres, and him and Jerry Coleman, who was another guy that is a statue outside of San Diego, outside of Petco, will be sorely missed in the annals of baseball. So with Vince Scully retiring and Dick Emberg retiring, Southern California, man, it's going to be hard to listen to games without those familiar voices in tow. So just to go down the wrap-up, next week we'll have our NHL preview. Hopefully we will have some guest. Um, it might even be my brother. I don't even know. We'll see. Uh, loyal diehard Islanders fan. Uh, the week after, we will be having our NBA preview, followed by our uh, NCAA preview, NCAA basketball preview, which, as we know, Seth and I are both not giving up under any circumstances. <laughs> so Carly or my future wife, not happening. For Seth Kamins, this has been Sean Palmer. BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Happy New Year to all. Repent tomorrow night, and we'll come back in a fresh slate. Thanks so much for joining. Have a good night, everybody.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.